You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. FNO trading has become quite popular in last couple of years. Some people make gains and others losses. Be it gains or losses, you have to report it to the income tax department. Some people do it under presumptive taxation that is section 44 AD and others file it as per their income tax slab rate. Section 4480 falls in the grey zone. Hello, I am Aprajita from Mint Money, and today I have with me Naveen Vadpa. He is Vice President at Taxman, a tax consultancy firm. He will simplify Section 4480 for us. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Welcome, Mr. Vadpa. Thank you for joining us here today. First of all, tell us that what Section Forty Four AD is. What is presumptive taxation? Ah, uh, so Forty Four AD is one of those presumptive tax schemes. So we have got three presumptive tax schemes: Forty Four AD, Forty Four ADA, and Forty Four AE. <laughs> so before getting into what these presumptive tax schemes talks about, let's understand why this scheme was introduced at the first time. Ah, uh, so for small businesses. so we can connect it with the ease of doing business so it's mm-hmm. become really really difficult and tiresome for these small businesses to maintain books of account maintain all the documentary evidences get them audited and then file their return of income so it was not just tiresome as well as it was very costly compliance for them okay. so just to cut down these compliance costs and to ensure that small businesses focus more on their business then on the compliance part mm-hmm. so they introduced these three schemes uh, 44 ADA was introduced 3 or 4 years back oh. so i'll just give you quick a uh, glimpse of all these presumptive tax schemes mm-hmm. uh, all these schemes are for the resident taxpayers mm-hmm. 44 ADA 44 AD is for those who are into businesses right 44 ADA is for the professionals mm-hmm. and 44 AE is for the those businesses who are into transportation So 44 ADA and 44 AE is not relevant for our discussion in today's podcast. 44 AD could be relevant, mm-hmm. but I won't say still it is relevant for those who mm-hmm. uh, are getting into FNO transactions. But mm-hmm. yet, let's have an uh, introduction of 44 AD. Right. So 44 AD is a presumptive tax scheme for those who are into any kind of businesses. Okay. If you are a specified mm-hmm. professional, you are a chartered accountant, lawyer, architect, mm-hmm. doctor, you are not eligible for 44 AD. Okay. Uh, for that, for that you have forty four AD. Again, if if you are into any transportation business, forty four AD is not for you. Then, if you are into any agency business or you are earning some commission business, commission income, forty four AD is not for you. So okay. this is for those who cannot claim. Now let's talk about who can okay. claim. A forty four AD can be claimed by an individual, mm-hmm. by an uh, HUF, and by a partnership firm, not by the LLP. Or though people okay. consider a partnership or an LLP are same, but yet hmm. 44 AD LLP is not eligible, hmm. and neither a company nor a trust okay. they cannot go for 44 AD. So this hmm. is clear. Now, I can be in any kind of business. Hmm. I can do any trading of uh, I not just the stock. I am just talking about any brick and mortar business. If I am into that business, I can go for 44 AD hmm. presumptive tax scheme. Your turnover should be up to 2 CR. Oh. It should not exceed two CR, huh. but then the last budget, budget two thousand and twenty-three, they have increased the limit to three CR for those mm. whose revenue and expenditure yeah. should not exceed ninety-five percent 
Okay. Uh, or I say in other way, your cash expenditure and cash receipts should not exceed 5%. That okay. means 95% of your business receipts mm-hmm. and 95% of your expenditure should mm-hmm. be through the banking channels. It okay. can be through credit card, debit card, UPI, net banking, anything of that sort. And then it okay. can go up to Then 3. you can go up to 3 CR. So in that situation, you can go for 4480. Mm-hmm. So if you are eligible 4480, then the next step is how much income is computed in the section 4480. Mm-hmm. So the standard uh, presumptive income is 8% of your turnover. Mm-hmm. It could be turnover or your gross is it depending on the type of business you're into in. So, a but again, there is some additional advantage and the government is pushing so hard for the digital transactions. Mm-hmm. So for all your digital transactions, the presumptive income would be 6%. Right. So this is an overview of presumptive tax scheme under section 4480. Okay, just explain what is turnover in the context of 4480. Uh, so for those who do not understand, those who not are commerce graduates, <laughs> then you should try to understand what is revenue, what is profit. So revenue is your total gross receipt you uh, receive in your business. Let's just <laughs> take an example. <laughs> you uh, do selling of, let's say, I, I would say textile material. In 1 lakh rupees. So that 1 lakh rupees is your turnover. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And out of that, let's say your real profit is mm-hmm. 10%. So okay. 10,000 rupees is your net profit. All but turnover okay. is your 1 crore, uh, one lakh rupees. 1 lakh rupees. So, though it's very grey area and surprisingly, we do not have any guidance under the Income Tax Act on how to compute the turnover or the gross receipts. Mm-hmm. So, because if I am a chartered accountant, I am giving some services. So, I won't receive turnover, I would receive gross receipts. Mm-hmm. So, that's why they, uh, the 44AD or any other section like 44AA or AB, mm-hmm. which talks about the books of accounts and the audit it. They use both terms simultaneously, the gross turnover and the gross receipts. Okay. So, for that purpose, we have got one guidance note issued by the ICI, wherein they have covered various scenarios on how to compute the gross turnover and the gross receipt. So, you have to go through that uh, guidance note to understand and it depends on the kind of business you are into in to really calculate your turnover of the gross receipt. Okay, and now the real question that why Section 4480 is being seen as a grey zone in when it comes to FNO income. Yeah. Uh, 4480 is quite a popular scheme right. for the small businesses. But we need to understand, as I mentioned earlier, why it was introduced. It was introduced for the small businesses. Mm-hmm. And for those, they do not want to get into any kind of hassle to maintain proper books of account and compute the real profit. So that's why they have given the presumptive uh, percentage. Using that, you can compute your taxable income. Mm. But when we compare it with the FNO trading, so your profit is by default computed by your broker. So you get into FNO transaction, You when you sell it, your real profit or loss is computed by default by your broker and you just look at your contract note and you just log into your account. You can actually see your real profit. Right. So the main objective is not met. Uh-huh. So when I go for FNO trading into 4480, 44AD or again in 44AD, the actual, the, uh, and why the government has c- c- come up with 8% threshold limit, mm-hmm. because they have studied a lot of businesses and they have tried to find out. And in fact, you can see uh, around generally the net profit for the small business ranges between mm. 5 to 10%. They do not earn more than that. Mm. But in case of FNA trading, I have seen people losing 100% of their uh, money okay. the same day. Mm. At the same okay. time, earning more than 200% the same day. Right. So, F, mm. uh, th- for that reason, uh, this is not for uh, uh, those who are getting into FNA transaction. Right. And I again reiterate, 
since the 44 AD was meant for those who cannot compute the real profit. Yes. But in case this of Sakharov, it can be computed. Rather, it is computed automatically when you don't mm. need to compute your real profit and loss. That is computed mm. by your broker. Right. So, so why I, they can be mm. two school of thoughts. Some professional may disagree with me, mm. but I am firm on this point that okay. it would be little riskier for you if uh-huh. you claim 44 AD benefit on your FNO tax. And I believe income tax department has already started sending out notices wherever they have found out uh, that there is discrepancy. Though I am personally not aware of about any mm. such notices, mm. but definitely if we can mm. think that way that FNO trading can't be covered in 4480, the department would definitely go yes. in the same way. Correct, correct. And if you can explain that uh, why people go for 4480 in FNO income, what's the mm. difference uh, I would the say, tax benefit that people do get when they opt for particular. So, if what I am sense? firm on my opinion, so I would say bad advisory. Mm, okay. Because your uh, notional income is 8% of your turnover, mm. but your real income could be much higher than that. And it's all digital, then 6%. And again, it's <laughs> even less than 6%. Right. So, if I have to reduce my taxable income, I have to claim some additional refund. Mm. So, some People may go that way that I'll show my income under section 4480, hmm. show lesser profit and claim a refund of all the taxes I have paid or if there was no TDS or advanced tax, no. I'll pay lesser taxes. So the ultimate objective is to cut down my tax expenses. And if one year uh, they may have opted for 4480 and next year they incurred losses, then what to do? They will have to go for so it? If or you have to 40, go, uh, going for 4480, then the next year you have to pay the taxes. Yes. Even if there are real losses. And that's something not many people are aware of. That one year you have opted for 4480 to save taxes. But next year, if luck doesn't favor you and you do incur losses, then again, you will have to pay. Because turnover also factors in uh, losses also. Then 6% of uh, whatever your turnover is, this will be your profitable income and they will have In to. fact, I would uh, highlight some of the points, mm-hmm. uh, some of the uh, court rulings, not on mm-hmm. the FNO trading, but the courts have given weightage to the uniformity in mm-hmm. the treatment you have given to your transaction over the year. Okay. You can't switching, keep switching from one uh, scheme to another scheme or one methodology to another methodology. So, just give you an example. Mm-hmm. So, I keep investing in the shares. This became an example. So, the capital gains or business income, there mm-hmm. can be two kind of uh, my earning from uh, share trading. I'm talking about mm-hmm. pure share trading, not FNO trading. My business income, if it is considered a business income, I can claim certain expenses. Okay. The depreciation of my car, the depreciation of my computer, the internet bill, I can claim a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the capital gain, while calculating the capital gain, I just reduce the cost of acquisition, mm-hmm. right? And nothing else, mm-hmm. except the expenditure which are directly uh, related to the uh, transactions. So you can see the capital gain at taxable at low rate, mm-hmm. business income could be taxable at a higher rate depending on my slab rate. Yeah. So what people do, they keep switching. Okay. From in one year, I'll consider as business income, in the next year, I'll consider as my capital gain. Okay. So it depends on the uh, on which side of the table I'm standing on. If in current year, I have incurred losses, mm-hmm. so I'll go for business. Mm. income and I'll also claim some expenditure and increase my losses but in another year I incurred capital gain and those are long term capital gain I held them for more than say, 65 days mm-hmm. I'll claim it as a long term capital gain up to one mm-hmm. lakh would be free and yeah, after yeah. that it will be taxable at 10% and yeah. stop such kind of change in your stance mm-hmm. the severity not just severity the courts have issued 
um, at multiple times they have said it. They have given certain guidelines mm-hmm. on how you can classify your transition into business income or okay. into capital gains. In the year 1989, they have issued uh, an instruction, and in mm-hmm. 2006, they have issued another uh, circular, and in I think 2017, they have issued another circular. Okay. Wherein they have mm-hmm. clarified how and when you can classify your transition to business income or the capital gain. But those instruction and guidelines, they have considered one common points. Whatever stand you take, it should be followed uniformly over the subsequent. Consistency is needed. Yeah. Consistency is important. Correct. So, what is the ideal way out to file FNO uh, taxation on FNO income? Under which head? Under which form? So, okay. For those who do not understand taxation, I think I sh- we should talk about first mm. what are the heads of income. Right. So, in income tax, your own income are computed into five heads of income: right. salary income, uh, house property income, income from house property. Uh, PGP, um, mm-hmm. uh, profit and gain from business and profession, mm-hmm. capital gain and other sources. Right. So for FNO trading, there can be three uh, possible heads of income. Okay. PGPP, capital gain and other sources. Okay. So okay. other sources we include only those income which cannot be taxable under the remaining four heads. Okay. So that's why other sources also out of discussion. Okay. So now we have got just two heads: PGPP and the capital gains. Hmm. Some people believe. Uh, Up derivative, my call and put option is my capital asset, mm-hmm. so it should be taxable as capital gain. Oh, so but uh, we have got uh, section forty three, wherein they have defined the derivative transaction and FNO transaction fall within section forty three subsection five. Okay. So because of that, it should not be taxable as the capital gains. It should okay. be taxable as PGBB as your business income, business mm-hmm. income or business losses. Okay. That's number one. Within the business income, we have got two further sub classification. Speculative business and non-speculative business, and why this classification has been done? So I would say to demotivate the speculative transaction could be one of the reason. But the another reason is the tax treatment is same, the tax rate is same, but it is different on two uh, parameters. One is your speculative losses yeah. cannot be set off with non-speculative. Right. First, number two, your speculative losses can be carried forward for eight years. Okay. Unlike non-speculative losses, which can be carried forward for uh, eight years. Okay. Uh, I repeat it for hmm. speculative for four years and non-speculative for, for eight, eight years. years. Hmm. So these are basic two differences hmm. uh, between speculative and non-speculative. But yet both the transaction would be taxable under the head of PGBP. Okay. So when I say taxable, the losses are also considered as taxable. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we call it technically we call it taxable. But actually these are losses you don't need to pay any taxes. But you have to disclose it in your idea to carry it forward and to set off it with any other taxable income. Right. That is clear. Now coming to the main point, whether derivative transaction is speculative or non-speculative. Right. So there is no controversy at all. Mm-hmm. If you say it is covered under business income, it would be taken as non-speculative income. Okay. Why it's so non-speculative income? Again, forty-three subsection five has got sufficient guidance on it. It says any kind of derivative transaction to hedge your risk okay. should be considered as non-speculative transaction. So it means so your all the FNO FA, transactions are non-speculative. Non-speculative be it in the shares or in the commodities, they okay. both are non-speculative. Okay, and what about intraday gains or losses? So intraday would be considered as your business gain or business losses. Okay. They should not be considered again. The circular I just mentioned about. Uh-huh. I think circular six oblique, sixteen uh, oblique, two thousand seventeen, which talk about uh, your intraday transaction will always be considered as your business income or business losses. Okay. One number two, it would be considered as speculative again, speculative loss. 
Okay. So, intraday transaction will never ever taxable under the head of capital gain. All right. Okay. And um, now, if people have opted for 44 AD, they have already done it. Now, what are some corrective measures that they can take it? What may happen with them? So, so uh, if department finds out mm-hmm. that you know, the 44 AD claim you have taken for the FNO transaction and that is not terrible, Hmm. And they may issue a show cause notice to explain why you have considered it. And if your real profit is much higher than that, okay. So you may undergo the the scrutiny assessment, and whatever lesser income you have reported in your IDR, it could be considered as underreporting of income or misreporting of income. Okay. So in both the situation, the income would be taxable, hmm. interest would be levied, and a penalty could be levied, which can go from fifty percent to two hundred percent of. Two hundred percent, do you say? Hmm. So that's why, if you believe your real profits are much higher than the presumptive profit, hmm. my advice would be file your revised return of income. Okay. So, and the last date is thirty first December two thousand and twenty twenty three. Oh, uh, uh, offer your real profit, and if you do that, hmm. there would be just some additional interest amount and the real tax you need to pay, hmm. and you can avoid yourself from any kind of penalty proceedings by the department. Okay, so for FI twenty four, if people have already paid some advanced tax as per section forty four AD, then they should file a revised return before thirty first December. No, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. For I am talking about the last year. Okay, FI twenty two twenty three. Okay. For that, you have you must have already filed your return of yes. income either by thirty first July or by thirty first okay. uh, October. Okay. Okay. Yes. So for for, for FI twenty three revise. The thirty first December is the last day to revise your return, mm-hmm. and you can file your revised return. And okay. for the ongoing financial yes. year in, te- in taxation, we call it previous year. Mm-hmm. The previous year, two thousand twenty three and twenty four, mm-hmm. the advance taxes, as you mentioned, uh, they are paid in four installments: fifteenth June, fifteenth September, fifteenth December, and fifteenth March. Mm-hmm. So you must have paid your two installments of advance tax. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion is, if you have considered the presumptive income. Yeah. And uh, so you need to recompute your income and now pay the advance tax because for presumptive income, they can deposit their advance tax in one instalment. Mm. That is the last instalment. Okay. Before thirty first March, they can mm. pay the entire advance tax. Right. But for uh, presumptive income, uh, for non-presumptive income, and if you your tax liability exceeds ten thousand rupees, then you have to pay your uh, advance tax in four instalments. Okay. And lastly, uh, about small businesses. For whom the the very the very reason why forty four eighty did come in, but if they are also under reporting their profits and in some way they may profit or they may have some idea about uh, their profits actual profit and if we if they calculate if it's more than six or eight percent of the turnover, then should they also file it under ITR three and other business uh, income or they are in the safe zone because I hear that even small businesses misuse this. Uh, I won't say small because they are entitled to use it. Huh? Exactly. It is meant for if them. I am eligible. But if they are under-reporting, then what will happen? Under-reporting. Uh-huh. The Income Tax Act has given you an option to compute your income on a presumptive basis. If I am an eligible person, I didn't manipulate any of the facts. Hmm. If my I know my turnover and how I do, I know my turnover. Hmm. Uh, whatever amount I receive, I receive through digital transaction. Hmm. So these small businesses, they have got that. Uh, QR, QR UPI QR codes, uh, whatever amount I receive, no. majority of them I get it in my business, and all the cash payments. Let's say I make a note of it, I can compute my turnover, but I do not keep a track of all the expenditure I make. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I can compute the presumptive income on my turnover. So if the percentage is not 
is not going to very much so i would say you are in the safe zone mm-hmm. but let's say you are doing some kind of manufacturing and your gross so, profit is 70% ha huh. so in that situation you are not in a safe zone department huh. may question you they may ask you to submit your bank statement and they can try to find out your real profit mm-hmm. because technically legally you are not liable eligible liable to maintain your books of account and they can ask you to submit your books of account for scrutiny no. so in that situation they can as far as they can go for the bank statement mm-hmm. and i know that's a gray area and that is litigatory point mm-hmm. and i have seen the uh, department issuing notices in such cases oh. but ultimately these people get the relief if their turnover is below 2 cr or 3 cr from the current okay thank you so much mr vadwa for sharing your views with us and really simplifying 44 ad for us section 44 ad is meant for small businesses who cannot compute their actual profits but if you are very well in position to re- compute your actual profits then don't go for section 44 ad it's in the gray zone our income tax department might chase you if you under report your fno income or any other business income thank you to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com